just, um, we are so thankful to be with you today. It's just our joy to be with the body of Christ all over the world. And we're excited to share with you what God is doing all over the world. He is moving mightily. Aren't you glad? <laughs> Sometimes you wouldn't know that if you were just watching the regular news, right? But he really is. So it is an exciting time to be alive on the earth. I'm so glad that God picked us to be here in this time. And uh, we know we're getting close to the end. We have the biggest harvest that ever has been in the history of the world before us. And we get to be a part of that. And so it's a, it's a real um, sobering, exciting, surreal time. <laughs> uh, but, but it is um, so wonderful to be a part of the body of Christ and to be with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, what a strength that we get from you and we get from each other. Amen. I love one of my favorite scriptures is Ephesians 4.16. Every joint of the body of Christ has a supply to give and to receive. We need each other, amen? And we're all here about God's purpose, and it's about the king and his kingdom, advancing his kingdom on the earth, amen? And so the things that God's really been putting on my heart the last few years is the unity of the body of Christ. It's Jesus' prayer. He prayed in the garden. He said, Lord, I pray that they would be one as you and I are one. And I, I used to laugh at that, thinking, Lord, do you see us? Do you really think that's possible? <laughs> I don't know. But then the Holy Spirit started to speak to my heart and say, do you think Jesus could get his prayer answered? And I thought, well, yeah, I do. How? By his spirit. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, above all else, pursue love. Mm. When we pursue love, he is love, and he has a focus to his love, which is people. When we put that first, pursue him, pursue love with him and with others, we will find ourselves being unified by his spirit for his glory. Amen? Praise God. Okay, that's it for me. She could just keep going. I could keep going for a long time, so sometimes it's just even a little scary for me to get up here, so I better go sit down. <laughs> I, I could just listen to you, so thankful. So, <laughs> uh, we're just very honored to be here, um, Pastor Tim and Melody. Uh, you are dear friends to us. We're thankful for a connection. You know, there's, there's people. The way the kingdom works is that God works through relationships, and um, so I value uh, this time, you know, and, and to be able to speak in your church is, I want you to know it's a tremendous honor. Uh, we pastored for about 17 years, so I know that you don't have, you only have a few Sundays in, in the year, you know, and, and as a pastor, those are very important times for your family, your church family to get together, and so to be here with you on a Sunday is a tremendous honor, and we trust that God is going to really have a word for you, and uh, our, our hope is in Him, amen, He gives us an unction. But uh, we're thankful for the connection, and we've been looking forward to this. I'm glad we're here. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else today. This is very special. And uh, thank God for the church. Amen? Amen? God moves 
through his body, through the church. And uh, we're so thankful for uh, the times that we've got to spend with you guys and get to know you. They came out and went skiing with us in Colorado. We live in a very, very beautiful place, close to some ski areas, and uh, got to s- ski with, with uh, it, I guess it was Danny, yeah. was spent a lot of time. He liked to, you know, ski fast, and I like to ski fast, and I look back, and boy, he's right behind me. So we ended up skiing together quite a bit, and it was just a lot of fun. And, um, but, uh, you know, um, I do believe that some things that I'm going to share with you are so significant to your life, to your purpose. You may not ever go overseas or, or be, you know, uh, in a situation where you have to go to another land, but you are great commission believers because that's what Jesus told us as believers. He said to go, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you buy a ticket, but you need to go in your heart. You need to have a heart for people who've never heard the gospel. Amen? And it's, it's interesting, you know, how when, a, when a, a believer gets the world in their heart, it's significant to the purpose. You're feeling, fulfilling the destiny that God has in your life. It's, so it's significant. It, it affects every area of your life. It'll affect your finances. It'll affect uh, your effectiveness in uh, sharing the gospel in, you, in your area of influence. And so the things that I'm sharing with you, it's not, it's not a time to check out and say, well, hey, we'll just hear about what's going on, you know, in other parts of the world. And no, this is something I believe is gonna uh, affect your life. It's gonna help you fulfill God's purpose and plan for your life, amen? Uh, we're thankful for, you know, the, uh, we feel like, you know, there's a, a kindred spirit. There's, there's a connection that you, you guys are our people. And uh, we've, that, you know, being able to be connected through Mark and Trina Hankins, uh, there's a spirit of faith that we have. And there's a language that we have of, of, the, of faith and of the spirit. And uh, you know what? We need to be exercising our faith for the extending of the kingdom of God. Amen. God's purpose, Jesus' purpose in the world, amen, is to seek and save that which is lost. There are people who've never heard of Jesus, never heard of the gospel. And uh, today there's more people in the United States. I believe in God's plan, he has brought people that have been un, un, uh, unreached, cut off from the gospel. He's brought them here to the United States because he knows there is a remnant, there is people here who will share the gospel with them. Amen? If we can't get to them, he brought them to us. Amen? So it's good to have this heart that is huge for the world. Amen? And it's good for a church. It's good that a church has a missions-minded heart. Amen? And so uh, I want to just share some things with you, kind of just to kind of give you an idea of what we're doing. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of work that's being done, and I'm thankful that we have a a part of this, and you do too. And I want to say thank you for your giving. You sowed into us. We were able to give over $22,000 last year into uh, nations like um, Bulgaria, Nepal, uh, some 
um, pastors that were shut down from COVID, uh, families that needed support, um, key people that were doing work. Um, the work has continued in these areas. They weren't, they weren't uh, shut down, praise God. But I tell you what, we really were able to bring a supply, and you guys were part of this. You really helped us, and so thank you for your sewing. Um, let me, um, why don't you bring up, um, I think there's a picture, or do you have the video? Let's, let's go ahead and show you the video. It just kind of gives you some sights of some things that we're doing in Nepal, particularly in Nepal. You know, as I said before, um, Sue and I pastored a church. We planted a church in Wisconsin. And um, then about six years ago, we started, we, we went through a, a transition. And uh, we thought we would never leave that church. You know, it's like having a child. You know, you just never would think about, you know, leaving your, you know, your, your family. And, uh, but we started um, getting a, this urge to have a transition. And um, at first we didn't think it was God, but God was, was good to us and he kept prompting us and leading us. And uh, 
we made this decision to uh, quit pastoring and then transition to taking our dad's, my dad's ministry, in, uh, which is a missions-based uh, ministry that um, he was able to go in many places in the world. He had developed over the years a lot of relationships. And, and uh, so he was getting to the place where he wasn't able to travel as much. And uh, so we actually came in like a relay and took the baton and was able to continue. But you know what? One of the things about uh, our transition was that we knew that God had a plan for us in continuing this, that God had a strategy. And that word strategy was very significant. It kept coming back to us that what he was doing, there was going to be a specific strategy and a, a thing that God was doing in the earth that was extending the kingdom of God. And uh, as we pursued this and asked God for direction, one of the things that he did is he brought some people into our life that actually uh, helped reveal this strategy. And you know, we need to do mission smart. Uh, sometimes in our missions efforts, we, uh, you know, we'll create a culture of dependence to the people that we're going to. They'll just look to us for finances, for revelation, for everything. We come in and we're the superstars. But you know, God wants to empower the people that we're going to so that they can continue the work, amen? And so if you could put up that, um, that uh, I think it's a picture of a map. And uh, you know, when I say the word um, unreached, uh, of course, you know, we know that if somebody hasn't heard the gospel or received Jesus, they're, they're unreached. But in missions terms, unreached has a specific definition. And that is when a, a people group or a people have never, uh, they don't have a church among them where 2% or less of these people, group, or people groups um, are, are Christian. And uh, so right here we see a picture of the 1040 window. It's 10 degrees latitude. Uh, by 40 degrees, but it, it falls under these areas of the Middle East, North Africa, China, India, Malaysia. And you know that 80%, about 85% of people who have never heard the gospel are in this part of the world. And you know what? There's a reason for that because there's a lot of opposition. There's a lot of spiritual darkness there. The, the major religions of the world are in this area of the world. It's difficult to get into these places because of politics, because of religious strongholds. It's not the easiest place to be a missionary, amen? And, uh, but we need to have a heart for these people. This is a harvest. These are people who, to whom Jesus died, amen? His blood was shed for the whole world. <laughs> and so um, we've been going into some of these areas with my dad and then specifically when we were able to make this transition we have some key things that are going on here. So we were like, how can we reach the, uh, be more effective in this area of the world? And uh, what, what we really saw was a key to empowering the church that is there, that is indigenous. They can do things that I, we can't do. And we've got to empower them. We've got to release them to do this work. Amen? And so... Um, God gave us a vision, and I'd like to go to that, that uh, first picture, or that, um, yeah, the picture that has uh, our vision. Oh, 
Well, not this one. That's a cool picture, isn't it? I'll tell you more about that in just a little bit. Um, <clears throat> let's, let's leave it there. Oh, <laughs> maybe it's not in the order that I, I has arranged it here. Um, we want to share, first of all, our vision. I'll just lay a groundwork, and then I'll build on it. So can you, can you bring up the one that says vision? Oh, you're not seeing it? Okay. So our vision is this. It's to empower the church to take the gospel where it has never gone before. Think about this. Empowering the church to take the gospel where it has never gone before. There's, there's places where the gospel has gone. There is churches. But we want to look at these fields where there's never, there's never been a witness. These are new areas, new grounds. And... Uh, you know, what, what we've discovered is like in places in Nepal, there's over 260 people groups. They speak 100 different languages. And so, you know, for individual people groups in these areas, they represent a cross-cultural ministry that if we were, as wish, uh, Western missionaries, if we have to reach them, it'll be very difficult. But if we can empower uh, the, the church in Nepal, and Nepal, their, their uh, conversion rate has been some of the fast, con fastest conversion rates to Christianity. And uh, so the, the church has really grown there, yet it's still very small in comparison to how many people are there. But it is growing, amen? And the church has really exploded. Is it not in there, Sue? Okay, all right. Thank you. If you can bring that up when you get a chance. So uh, what we have is some wonderful people that we're working with, pastors, leaders. And uh, here we see um, this is a group that we uh, went way up into the, the mountains of the Himalayas. And uh, the Himalayas are, are the Rockies on steroids. <laughs> They're twice as big, if you can imagine that, They're twice as big. And... Uh, so we go back up in these areas that are remote and, and um, we set up medical camps. So we bring medical people and we use medical people that are Nepali and uh, we let that be a platform for evangelism. And so we share the gospel, we pray for the sick, we've had healings in these, in these camps that we set up and it really helps uh, the facil facilitating of church plants in these areas. And so um, this is something that uh, we see has been a key strategy in extending the kingdom of God in these areas and where we've seen the fastest growth, amen? So let's go to that next one. Purpose. Yeah, purpose here. And uh, we, our purpose is through global partnerships to see the great commission become the great completion. And we see, you know, that God, uh, you know, he has a purpose that throughout the world, the gospel will be preached, amen? That is the great, com uh, great commission. And so we see this as that for the church, our job's not done until we see a completion of this, amen? Here we, we did a training out in Western Nepal, and these guys, um, what they did through this process is they learned uh, how they can plant churches, adopt an unreached people group, and... Uh, through, self, through their, their support, 
not Western support, they could send missionaries to these places and, and extend the kingdom of God. And so just around them, they have, they have hundreds of unreached people groups. They caught the vision and began to, to raise up missionaries to go into these places. And uh, in one of our trainings, we were able to get with 130 pastors from nine different denominations. And after our, our um, we, we really build them in faith. Uh, you know, just being able to give. You know, if somebody's poor, they're not exempt from the gospel that, that God wants to supply all their needs. Amen? He wants to abundantly supply them. And, and uh, you know, as missionaries, sometimes we thought, we look at people and go, man, they don't have anything to give. So I'm not, we're not gonna ask them to give. And we're doing a tremendous disservice to them. So part of our training is to really teach them the laws of sowing and reaping, the laws of increase, and uh, they catch on to it, and they need this. They're poor people, but you know what? As they're giving, God is able to bring blessing, increase into their life. And so um, we left this place, uh, having done this training, the adopted five people groups. And so we were thinking, wow, this is cool, but I wonder what they're going to do with it. And so we left. You know, that's a big thing to do is to leave and just empower them and then get out of the picture. Amen. And so um, we started to hear reports. And what they did is as a group, nine different denominations, 130 pastors, uh, they got their churches together and raised up 30 missionaries and went up into an area where there's the um, third highest mountain in the world, Top Lejeune, Conchinchonga is the name of this place. And uh, there's an area up there where, I mean, there's a lot of villages and, and unreached people groups. Well, uh, they went up there, and in the first month, they saw 200 salvations. And they had established five church plants in this area. And, uh, and then in the second month, they doubled that. They had 400 salvations. So this is the kind of fruit that we're really looking, really solid uh, growth that we want to see. Amen? And then let's look, look at the next one here. Uh, our mission is to mobilizing, training, networking the global church to work together to plant the gospel in the least reached pe people groups and to establish churches that reproduce themselves. Second uh, Timothy 2.2, Paul is talking to Timothy. He says, the things that you have seen and heard in me among many witnesses, commit thou to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. What is that? That's discipleship. And that's four generations. That's our goal. You know, Peter talking to Timothy, one, uh, two, and then to faithful men. That's the third generation who will teach others also. And you know what? That's the significance of a church. You should be being discipled. Amen? So it's not just proclaiming the gospel, but it's being discipled as well. Amen? This is very, very important. This guy here, uh, the guy on the right, his name is Sangbu, and he trains people who are storytellers, who will go to areas where people are illiterate, but they love to hear stories. So there's a whole team of storytellers who set up the gospel and then they tell them about Jesus and tell the story and they're able to receive Jesus. And these are areas that are hard to get to, but they can do it. 
If you would go with us on a trip, I guarantee you, Dalbot, unless anybody, has anybody eaten Dalbot? You may not really like it. <laughs> and it may have an effect on you afterwards. And, uh, but you know what? They love Dalbot. And uh, they don't have to adjust to it. And uh, there's a connection that they already have as being Nepalis. And uh, so, man, the, the work gets accelerated. And that's what we need, amen? We need to see this acceleration. We understand that God does have a plan, that God is moving, that the harvest is coming in, amen? We need to be in step with what he is doing. And uh, so uh, I'd like to just share how you can personalize this. Do you know in Acts 1.8, in the first chapter of Acts you know, we see some interesting things because Jesus spoke to the disciples and it was the last words that, that he uttered before he ascended. Some of the last words, and then they saw him go up. Do you believe that Jesus is alive? Amen. That he has been resurrected? Right in that passage, you see that he showed himself with many proofs. He declared his resurrection he manifested and showed himself to people, his believers. They thought that, you know, the, the solution to their problem was political. They said, when will the time be when, when your kingdom will be established? And they were thinking politics. But he said, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that have been given. But you shall receive power after that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Now he's changing their orientation. It wasn't politics, it was kingdom purpose. Kingdom-minded, amen? We've got to really be careful as, as believers not to get caught up with the politics. Amen? With social justice. Because that's what they were thinking, amen? Our purpose is kingdom purpose, amen? He cares for everyone in the whole world. And his purpose is that they would know him. Amen? But he says, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen? Now, he's not just saying that to the disciples back in that day. He's not saying that just to a certain calling. It's to everyone who believes. It's everyone who calls on the name of Jesus. Amen. He wants you to be filled with the Spirit. He defines right in this opening the difference between John the Baptist's baptism was the baptism of repentance of water, but he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Amen. That you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now, that's not just a denomination. That's not just what we call Pentecostalism, you know. It's not just a, a, a flavor of church. Oh, they, they, they're, more, they're more energetic or, or, you know, they've got, they run around. And, no, no, this, this power comes on believers for a purpose, and that's to be a witness. A witness in a court of law gives an account of what is seen, heard, experienced. Amen. He wants you to be a witness. When, if you were in a court and you needed that, they, need, they called a witness that was gonna give a witness for you, wouldn't you want one that was a true witness? <laughs> not a false witness, not a hearsay. 
but someone who's going to give an accurate account of what was done. Do you know that God wants you to have a firsthand experience of his goodness, of his love? Amen. And this is the message that we're giving to Nepalis. The very same thing that I'm sharing with you. They're the church. But you know what? Right here in this area, you are the church. Amen? People need to meet people who have a witness of Christ. Have a firsthand account. This is what he's done for me. Amen? It's not religion. You know, people are tired of religion. They don't need religion. They need Jesus. Amen? People need the gospel. They need life. They need to be delivered from the power of darkness. They need the gospel. They need to be born again. Amen? They need what you have. Not religion. And sometimes people, the only witness they'll have is you. They may not come to the church at first. Amen? But they have you in their life. And so, I like this. You know, he said, <clears throat> you shall be witnesses both in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. You know, this represents every believer. This is how you are significant to the plan of God, the purpose of God. Amen? Jerusalem represents your, your neighborhood. It represents the people that you're closest to. It represents the church in, within the four walls, but it also represents your neighborhood, amen? Judea is your region, your nation, people of the same culture. Samaria, though, represents people who are different. In the United States, what a unique uh, age we're in in this nation. We have people from all over the world. That would represent our Samaria. People of different skin color. Do you know there's no prejudice in the kingdom of God? Not at all. In fact, I believe Jesus was very intentional in saying Samaria because Jews didn't look down on Samaritans. They didn't like them. They didn't think they were good enough. Actually looked down on them. But he said, you will be a witness to these people. Amen? Somewhere, some way along the line, there are going to be people that we will come in contact with that we may feel like we're not in step with culturally, you know. But you know what? More than ever, the church is to be a representative of Christ among people that are different than us. Amen? So often... Churches can be gathering places of people that are just like us. Well, we just believe the same and we look the same. But I love diversity. Amen? That's one of the reasons I love to go on missions. I love diversity. Amen? It's God's heart. He, he has created everybody. All different shapes and sizes of us. Amen? And he loves us all. So what do we do with this? You know, he, he also talks about the uttermost part of the earth. You know, if, if um, we are to do this in a progressive order, that's how sometimes we think as, as a church. Well, we gotta reach our Jerusalem first. 
Have you ever thought that? And then we can extend out. But you know that's never been done. In fact, you could look at the Apostle Paul. He took missionary trips and journeys in the early church, amen? And if he took those trips and it wasn't God's will that we would be reaching out in these different areas simultaneously, then all of his trips would be unscriptural, right? So this lets us know that this needs to be done simultaneously. That means we can be reaching these different targets all at the same time. Now, for one person to do this, you can't do it. You can't be a part of all these uh, effective outreaches in all these different areas, but you can be a part of a church that is. Amen? You can be connected here at Anchor Church. Amen? And you're, you're fulfilling the scripture because you're a part of it. You're praying through these different targets. You're giving. You're sending. Amen? And it's in your heart. And God, through this, can fulfill God's plan for your life. Amen? Now, we know this in the gospel. It's made up. It's like a coin. A coin has two sides where there's an inscription. Amen? And one side of it in the gospel uh, or the great commission is the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The target is everybody, every person. Everybody needs to hear the gospel, amen? But if you turn the coin over, you got scriptures like Matthew 28, 18, where it says go into all the world and make disciples or teach all nations. You see the difference is, uh, in the target here is nations. He's not talking about geopolitical boundaries. Amen? Those things change. I mean, they could change from year to year. But what he's talking about is uh, that word nations is uh, translated ethnos from the Greek where we get the word people group. 17,000 people groups are in the world today. 30 years ago, Operation World put out a, uh, some, some of their findings and found that 14,000 of the 17,000 were unreached people groups. Unreached. You know where we're at, where, where we are at today? That number of 14, just in 30 years, has been cut in half. Now there's just over 7,400 um, unreached people groups. Can you see what's happening? Just in three decades, that number has been caught, cut in half. Amen? So we're in a race, aren't we? If we're racing, we don't want to be Forrest Gump, right? Because what did Forrest say? He goes, I'm going running, right? He goes, I'm just going to run. Put on his tennis shoes. How many of you seen Forrest Gump? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And he runs across the nation, Right? He runs all the way to the Pacific coast and then once he gets there, he spends five seconds, he turns around and runs back across <laughs> the United States all the way across and he got a following of people and he didn't even know where he was going, <laughs> right? And you know what? That could be the church, just running without purpose. What are you doing? What are you doing? I don't know, we're just coming together. We're singing songs. 
right? We're just kind of doing the religious thing. No, 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 no. God's got a purpose. His kingdom is extending. He needs you. You've got purpose. You're to run with purpose. Amen? He wants to bless you so that you're a witness. And together as the body of Christ, we're going to see fulfillment of Scripture, of prophecy. Amen? Matthew 24, 14. Jesus talks about a lot of things in the end time. A lot of different things. And there's kind of things that could be troubling. But you know, one of the things that he says, he says, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness among every nation, people group. And then the end shall come. We have a finish line. And we see that from 14 to 7, we're getting closer to that finish line. We're not finished yet. Jesus said it's finished. His work, it's a done deal, right? All has been accomplished in redemption. But he told us to go. And he said, you're not finished. It's time to go. We haven't finished. And you know what? As long as we're here on earth and that goal is before us, there is a purpose. Amen? There is a goal that is before us, and we have to run. We don't stop until we pass the finish line. Well, you know what that finish line? Every nation, every nation having a witness of the gospel of the kingdom of God. Amen? Do you know what? When we pass the finish line, then we're, we're in a time of celebration because the, the goal has been reached. Do you know that there's scriptures that tell us what that looks like? Pull up a Revelation 7, verse 9. I want you to think about this. Let your mind take you there to this, this time. Let your imagination put you right there. You are standing among a crowd of witnesses, a big congregation of people no one can number, and look, look what it says here. After these things I saw, and behold, a great multitude, which no man could number, out of every nation and every tribe, peoples and tongues, standing before the throne of the Lamb, arrayed in white robes. They've been washed clean from the, from the sin of this world and palms in their hands, and they cry with a great voice, saying, Salvation unto our God who sitteth on the throne and unto the Lamb. Can you see that? Can you just imagine that many people, and they all look different? There's different skin color. There's different features. There's tall people, short people, and we're all in one voice. You're there. You're with them. And you're singing this worship to God. I love the worship today. But you know what? There's going to be a time when we're around the throne. There's this, this wonderful worship that we're a part of. And we're recognizing that salvation is unto our God. And we're exalting him and praising him. Well, <clears throat> you get that picture in your, in your mind. You know what? We're not there yet, are we? Because there are 7,000 people groups, 3 billion people. And of those, these aren't all nations. 
They're not all tribes. There's still work to be done. If you go to that next slide, missions exist because worship doesn't. Why are we talking about this? Why does... Why is missions in the pastor's heart? I know they travel. They've been in a lot of places in the world, and it's in their heart. This is a part of the church. This is a part of what God is doing here. Missions exist because worship doesn't. Among these people that have never heard, amen? So as we pray, God is able to do something, amen? Matthew 9, um, Jesus said, look at the harvest. For the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into the field. What's the first thing you can do is pray. I want to encourage you to be praying. Begin to extend your prayer time to this harvest that, that uh, is untouched. Amen. Because when you pray, it's the door that opens you up to God's purpose. You know, I believe God is raising up businessmen and people who are just called just to put finances into this harvest. Amen? There are people who are called to actually go, but there's people who are called to be an integral part of every local church because the church needs to be strong. The church needs to be successful. Amen. The church needs to be vibrant, needs to be able to send. And you know, when you talk like this, you know what happens? God raises up missionaries. Just hearing a message like this, I'm not saying it's because of me. I'm just hearing the scriptures, right? But the call of God gets planted in in those who are called to go. Amen. I believe every church should be a sending church. That there's a missionary that's going to be raised up in this place. Who will go? Amen? Maybe it's you. But if it's not you, you still have the responsibility to be a part. Amen? Together, we can see a completion of the Great Commission. Amen? We can reach that finish line. Man, some of the greatest harvests and some of the greatest... uh, Things that are taking place now, um, as far as numbers of people coming into the kingdom of God, is in Iran. And uh, I just had just got back from a trip to Turkey, but our primary focus was Iranians, connected with Kazakis uh, in a Bible school, was with Turkish people. But you know what? Um, there. There is a work of the Iranians in the nation of Turkey. Turkey has been seen as the least evangelized nation in the world today. Can you pull up that, that, um, that uh, picture of that guy in that bathtub? And I'm gonna close, okay? This was an Iranian. We, we had Easter Sunday with an Iranian church. Uh, I preached a message Uh, There's only 20-some people in this little home, but they Zoomed in people from Iran, Turkey, other parts of Europe. And uh, there was about 200 people who joined in in Zoom. And uh, after 
the Easter service, we went into this apartment that had a bathtub, because not everybody has bathtubs. And that man, along with another a lady, um, they were baptized in that, ba- in that bathtub. And uh, this guy came up, and he was speaking in tongues. He was baptized in this, with the Holy Spirit. And so um, we're seeing some tremendous things that are taking place. I want to just encourage you. Thank you uh, for, for just having that heart and being a part of this church, being a strong part of supply, uh, really serving this place. Because as you're doing this, you're actually touching these areas of the world. And you're helping us reach that finish line. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Pastor, thank you. Praise the Lord. And um, uh, I would like Melody, Scott, and Sue to come up and join me for just a second. And Valerie. Speaking of sending people out, (laughs) Valerie is, uh, just come right up here. Valerie is, uh, when are you leaving? Come this way so everybody can see. Come right over here. There you go. Okay, Valerie flies out. I assume you're not taking a ship. No. She is uh, heading to France for uh, as long as the Lord has her there, really. Right? After 30 years in the U.S., you know, God is sending me back home. And uh, something have somehow resisted, you know, because my heart is really in the U.S. That's where I connected with the Lord. That's where I raised my kids. And so I'm going home. Amen. So we're going to uh, pray for her. If you'd like to come up and lay hands on her, uh, you can feel free. Come, come forward right here, Valerie. Come right up here. And um, I'm going to have, do you still have your mic on or no? Yeah. I'm going to have uh, Scott pray first, and I'll, I'll kind of close this out in prayer. Um, since we're talking about sending people out, we thought this would be a, a perfect way to do this. So is he on, Jeremy? Okay. okay. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for Valerie, Lord. The plan and the purpose of her going back to her homeland. Lord, that there is a, a connection. There is purpose. Lord, there is um, encounters that are on the other side of her obedience. We thank you for a supply. We thank you, Father God, for provision. We thank you, Father, for revelation knowledge. Lord, that she goes clothed with your glory and empowered by your spirit. Father, we thank you, Lord, that there is a, an anointing Father God, that accompanies her as she goes, that as she speaks, Lord, that it will penetrate things that have been bound and held in darkness, and there will be freedom, there'll be a breakthrough. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that there is a work that is not even yet to be seen, but she's a part of it. Lord, that there's a knowledge of the glory of God that's gonna cover France as the water covers the sea. Lord, we call, Lord, unto this this people, Father God, and we pray, the Lord of the harvest, 
that you would send forth labors into this field and see Valerie as that labor that she has sent, fully equipped, fully prepared, Lord, for what is before her, Lord, and that she can do it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus. We plead that blood over every step she takes, over her flight, over her heart, her mind, her body, her affections, and her family. Father, we thank you for words, utterance, and direction from you for her, that as she takes these steps in your light, that more light will come, more understanding. We thank you for the place that you have prepared for her ahead of time. Father, we thank you for favor at her uh, new church, with the pastor, with the church family, with her sister, with all of the family. Father, we thank you for doors of utterance in your spirit into the nation of France, into all of the people groups in France. Father, we thank you for your power upon her and within her. We thank you for your spirit anointing her and living on the inside of her we thank you father that you are greater than he that's in the world and father we thank you it's no longer her that lives but christ living in her thank you for blessing us with her for this short time father we love you and we love her we bless her in jesus name amen 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 well, thank you so much, and God bless you. This is a beautiful land. You're beautiful people, and you will always be in my heart. Thank you for your blessings. You're just a joy. Yeah, like you said, Pastor, it's a family. Wherever we go, we're together. Thank you so much for praying for me. God bless you. Amen. Valerie, just make sure, I assume they've talked to you about this, but if not, make sure we have your contact information and, and all of that so we can stay in contact with you. Praise the Lord. Well, I want to give an opportunity if uh, you're watching online or maybe you're here in the room and you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. You know, uh, right here today or wherever you're watching from or listening from, uh, your life can be completely changed. Romans chapter 3 verse 22 talks about the righteousness of God and the righteousness of God is simply that you don't live full of guilt, full of condemnation, that you're not constantly living and thinking, you know, I just don't want to face that area of my life. I don't want to face that area of my heart. Uh, I just want to forget about that. Pretend like that doesn't exist. Pretend like there's not that nagging question. But Jesus According to the word of God, it says that getting right with God does not come through something that you do or that you perform well enough or that you do something well enough. Literally, Romans 3.22 says that the righteousness of God comes through the faith of Jesus Christ. So Jesus himself thought of you when he was on the cross. And actually in the Hebrews it says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. And he's like, I don't even care about the shame because I'm thinking of you. And when he was on that cross, he was thinking of me and he was thinking of you.
And Romans 3.22 says that it is through his faith, his act, what he did because he believed his own father, because he believed God. He said, I'm going to do this so they can come to me. So everything's already done by the faith of Jesus himself towards you and towards me for us to come to him. But if you keep reading that verse, it says that that faith is to all, but it only comes upon those that believe that. And so I want to ask you this morning, have you ever placed your faith, your whole life, the weight of your life uh, in the hands of Jesus? There's nothing like living for him. Jesus died to take away your sins, that they no longer are part of you, they're no longer accounted towards you, that you don't have to worry about them. Uh, they're over, and really that we have a new life. So in just a minute, I'm gonna pray a prayer for those who'd like to receive Christ, but I want you to make a decision. You cannot come to God and you don't come and get favor with him because of everything that you do, but you come because of everything that Jesus did. And because of the love that he had for you, he gave his own life. And he wants you to be part of his family. He wants to set you free from your past, from sin, uh, and really just from living halfway. He said, I have come that you might have life and that you have it more abundantly. When we pray in just a minute, what you're saying is, you're saying, I don't want to live for myself anymore. I want to live for Jesus every day for the rest of my life. What you're saying is, I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, and I'm choosing of my own to receive him and to give my life to him. What you're saying is, I'm not going to live life in my own strength anymore. I'm living my life by the strength of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Oh God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son and that he died on the cross to take away my sins. I receive him right now as my Lord, as my Savior. I'm not living for myself anymore. I'm living for Jesus every day. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.